Hello, and welcome to the official podcast for the 31st Annual FIRST Conference. We're looking forward to welcoming you to the conference in Edinburgh, Scotland, 16th to the 21st of June. I'm your co-host, Chris John Riley, And I'm your other co-host, Martin McKay. Thanks for listening. Today we are talking to Jessica Butler and Lisa Bradley from NVIDIA. Ladies, your talk is how to manage the tangled web of dependencies. Would one of you like to give us a kind of an outline of what the talk is going to be about at first? Sure. So this is Lisa. I'll kick it off. Dependency management is one of the things that everybody in the industry is struggling with. Uh, ever since I think probably Heartbleed, everybody realized, oh no, we have open source and do we even know what open source we're utilizing? and using within our product lines, and they have vulnerabilities just like everything else does. Really, we're trying to figure out how to tackle that, know not only what internal components that we consume, but external uh, components like open source that we're consuming, and figuring out how to better manage that so that not only do we know it, but that we can make sure that we're upgrading those and anytime there's a vulnerability we let the teams know so that they know to go get an updated open source people have been struggling with dependency issues since well since forever i mean it's it's always been one of those issues and it's something that comes up quite a lot when we're looking at software um, and trying to find vulnerabilities how is your approach to handling this kind of tangled web of dependencies as you call it any any different than what people have been doing in the past I can jump in there. So we are trying to break this down into a few steps so that we can, I guess, process then this in a, a, a way that makes sense. <laughs> it, it seemed like when we started this project, it was like, can you just automate everything? Don't have, to, you know, please don't have to ask any developers for any information, which we kind of started trying to do. So we started by defining our portfolio. So basically defining the schema for how we would uh, catalog all of the products and services. You know, one thing that I would look at as a uh, another company trying to do this is, you know, how are you going to store this information? Is there already a database in place that you can use at your company? Um, what tools can you sync with so users don't have to enter redundant information? Because we all know that we hate adding, you know, more tools to our uh, development flow. We found that there there wasn't actually a great database um, at NVIDIA already. So we're trying to break things up um, and understand the components, both internal and external. We are using a open source scanning tool to try to find any of the, the third party dependencies and then detect any vulnerabilities with that. Uh, we are looking at tools that are already in use that are, uh, you know, build tools that we can sync with actually to kind of build the component list. Um, potentially looking in Jenkins at the configuration for builds, we're starting kind of at the, the bottom and going up at this point. And eventually we'd like to go from the top down, but from the bottom up, looking at all the source code, we know we can't just sync with every single project that is in our source code repositor repositories. Um, we need to determine what are the interest 
interesting components here. So that kind of brings us to step two. Um, we developed a self-service registration tool. So it's a portal that is a web interface that allows users to go in and tell us what are the important builds, what are the important source code repositories, so that we can then sync with those and start our, you know, our open source scanning is one of the first services that we're looking at. And then build that component list so we can see where there is uh, code reuse throughout the company. Um, so we've already built integration points to the source code repositories and to different build tools. Um, and we just needed that the, the teams to come in and say, okay, these are the important ones. Um, the third thing that we're doing at now is uh, kind of dependency DevOps. So we're looking at the normal DevOps pipeline of how developers build, test, release code, and trying to find places that, that we can insert our dependency management everywhere there. So in the first stage, which is um, you know coding, basically having a way to build a catalog of open source tools that other teams at the company already use and have security practitioners screen these uh, packages so that whenever you need a new open source um, tool, then you can go to this kind of database of, of what we're already using and find things that, that we've already screened. At the next step, the, the build step of DevOps, we are actually integrating our screening and uh, triggering of uh, grabbing information from multiple data sources uh, based on a commit. So adding a, it's a container-based um, scanning solution at the, say, Jenkins pipeline. So once a commit comes in and all the testing and building is done for that component, we're also kicking off any scans that we can do. Now, as the security services uh, portfolio grows at NVIDIA as well, then we'll be able to further enable any of those services that we'd like to do at commit time. At the packaging stage, we are using the, the build definitions for our components. So we had a really hard time when we started kind of defining our portfolio. How do we know, you know, what is the logical separation of the source code into components? And we decided to just do what the teams are already doing and look at it from like the build, the packaging sort of level. Now we've got multiple packages, you know, kind of nested. So the, the schema has to also support that kind of that nesting of uh, packages within packages and open source within those packages. We've definitely built that into the, the database so that we can support that. At a config level, we also want to know any platform dependencies for say running a package on Windows versus uh, you know Unix-based system. So we're looking at what are the dependencies at the operating system as well and trying to build that into our tool so that we understand all of that. And then uh, finally, monitoring everything that is actually in the field. So anything that is um, in support currently, uh, making sure that we are continuously updating our database for any uh, vulnerabilities that are found and updating the team and alerting the team whenever any updates need to be made for um, open source packages. 
you touched on a, a number of points there. I kind of wanted to dig into to one of the things that yeah. you mentioned, which was uh, which was the the end of life um, dates, and that's one of the things that often gets skipped over when it comes to dependency management is what happens to those dependencies that just get marked as deprecated. It's never going to see an update again. You know, even if there's no vulnerabilities reported, what's the strategy for dealing with that kind of thing? Are they ending up getting replaced, or is this just business as usual as there's no bugs? So end of life is, is a, of course, another difficult aspect to, to solve. Um, one of the things that I have been emphasizing is to make sure that whatever our product's end of life is, is that everything that we consume's end of life is just as long. And if it's not, then to make sure that in the beginning, when we have our licensing or information and like that, that we point out, hey, we utilize this open source, we are stuck with their support life cycle. And when it ends, it, it ends. And if you make that picture clear enough in the beginning to your customers, you are already setting your risk expectations to them so that once that's end of life, if you don't have a plan to go up to the next level of the open source or you know, hopefully if there's one available, that you already sort of set like, hey, at this point, I'm not gonna be able to get any support for this. What that's sort of like the idea here is, is to flag it from the beginning, right? So if we know the product's end of life and we know the open source or even internal components end of life and they're not matching up, that we're flagging it to that team to say, hey, you need to be prepared. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna move up to the next level or are you going to be stuck after its end of life and therefore we need to bring in legal and some licensing type of documentation that we need to put together. This does not sound like a simple weekend project. How much, <laughs> how much management buy-in, how much time did you need to get to this stage of the project? And what should people coming to your workshop understand about that time and setup and what this is gonna take? That's a good question. Um, I, so <laughs> let's just state that we're not there yet, right? Um, what we did when we approached this, and, and Jessica was, you know, into the, if you can tell, Jessica's the technical aspect of this um, and, and genius behind it. And I'm more the person that says, I want this, I want that, right? So, so we started. That's not reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we really wanted to start off with the biggest picture there was. Like how to solve dependency management. What do we consume? What vulnerabilities are in there? Can you do automation of bug creations for us? Can you, you do rescanning to verify the issue is addressed? Then, hey, can you bring in our build tool stuff, our threat modeling results, our security scans, right? Like really to have this big picture here. It's so daunting, right? As you're, as you're realizing that we figured out how to break it up so that we can... Um, be able to do different aspects of it to sort of show the worth of doing the project and then keep growing on it. Um, and, and so I would say the, the time frame is still ongoing, um, but we're continually getting support from upper management to do this because we're able to show the value already that we're getting out of it. Somehow I suspect that the answers to your initial questions were blank stares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
I think that was a little overwhelming. I don't think Jessica knew what she was getting into when I was like, hey, we want to do this. Yeah, I was a lot more enthusiastic two years ago. Um, I mean, I, okay, not enthusiastic. I don't think I've lost my enthusiasm for the project. <laughs> I just had a lot more... Um, a lot more lighthearted at that time. I was like, sure, that's no problem. <laughs> yeah. The reality check of, of of the of the full breadth of what we want to do is is a lot. I can imagine this also scope creeped considerably from the first idea of let's just throw something together that just does this one small thing that can quickly grow beyond control. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. We you know, we already get uh, asks from our VP for, can you just configure all of the tools now? So if somebody comes to you and tells you where the source code is, can you set up the um, static code analysis and <laughs> also open source scanning and detect everything? I'm like, well, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. I agree that that would be awesome. <laughs> There's always yeah. this, um, you know, bucket of can't wait to do these things uh, piling up. Well, I guess the follow-up question then is if, if this bucket of, of things that you want to follow up on, if you could pick one thing out of there, where does, where does the project take you as your next step? We might have two different yeah. answers on this one. <laughs> do you want to go first? Lisa? Uh, for me, for me, um, I, I would like to not spend my time opening up open source bugs on my product teams. Um, so I definitely want to get that aspect um, completed, but I'm sure Jessica's answer will be different. Yeah, we, I mean, we want to be able to integrate with all different kinds of tools so that we can give this better view of risk for any product and service. So we're trying to build reporting dashboards, but I also, you know, I have this kind of dream that we'd be able to you know, pick a tool and potentially read logs or read database from any tool uh, and be able to to build it all into this one dashboard. I think we're quite a way away from that. Um, but we're breaking up things into microservices so that you know we can support new plugins all the time and kind of um, switching out tools as necessary. Right. And one of the constant, I think, things that's also a little bit difficult is, is that we as a company might decide on a different uh, tool or open source scanning tool potentially, right? So whatever Jessica creates, she needs to make it be a plug and play regardless of what we're plugging in. And so um, that that makes it a, a little even more challenging um, there. For somebody who's coming to your talk, is there anything they should know beforehand? Is there anything they should look at their organizations uh, for beforehand? Or is this something somebody can come into kind of cold and, and get value out of? I think that um, we really could reach out to a broad audience. If someone who hasn't started um, this management of open source or even internal consumption of components and for their product lines, they certainly will learn a lot and, and probably feel overwhelmed. But um, those who are actually uh, more mature, though, in their practices, I think we'll still um, be able to learn something just because uh, our approach or our angles are, are a little different, especially towards the end, where I think when people think of this, they just focus on going off and using some kind of an open source scanning tool and then calling it a day. 
And we're really, like just was leading towards, we're really trying to get that overall risk picture. So not only what are you consuming, but what are your, um, you know, your, your pen testing results or what are the uh, fuzzing results turning out and, and trying to have everybody and everything happen in sort of one visual view for our product lines. So I, one thing I wanted to touch on, and I know you mentioned it in your abstract, is that there's going to be a demo of NVIDIA's product profile tool. Is that very specific to NVIDIA and NVIDIA's processes, or is that the kind of thing someone can take, utilize either code from the profile tool if it's going to be open source, or just the processes and procedures that you use and use it within their own organization? Yeah, I think that um, the demo will be mostly of the, the self-service registration tool, and it will show how we're trying to build components based on um, syncing with the different build tools that our teams are using. So it should show, I think, just the, the process of how we are building um, the portfolio. And then after that, we can give a, a quick shot of one of the dashboards that we've worked on to show the vulnerabilities based on the um, open source scanning that we are using. So we don't have a dashboard built yet for integrating all of the points um, from different tools like Lisa was talking about, and that's something we're hoping to get to by the end of this year. But at least that'll show kind of, you know, that first step in, in defining your components and defining your, your tangled web of dependencies. Yeah, I think the general, the general layout, though, of the presentation that is, is the, the different aspects and the different steps and how we approached it, it's very generic. So that um, you know anybody could use it. It's not you know Nvidia specific. But then you know the demo, maybe some of that part might be a little bit here and there. But we're really trying to keep the focus on if you're using this type of a scanning, like we're plugging it in, um, and and that's one of the things we're constantly doing because we know that the security tools are constantly evolving, and uh, you know one of the tools we might be using today might not be the same tool we use tomorrow, and therefore we have to design that way to be able to plug-and-play with everything. Well, I know that uh, obviously larger um, source code repositories, I believe GitHub now is also supporting kind of auto-updating of dependencies in, in some fashion, um, which is obviously going to be helping the ecosystem um, as they go. So maybe this is something that we see becoming less of a problem in the future, um, at least for, for certain areas of the, of the uh, ecosystem. Yeah, I think it depends, right? It, and certainly if you have a cloud type of environment, picking up and spinning things out is pretty easy. But, you know, when you have the old school type of, you're building the whole product, right? Every time there's any kind of update, we typically have to do a full build. And that's uh, very time consuming. Figuring that out is a whole nother aspect of this is how do we quickly make sure that when we know there's a vulnerability, we can pick it up within our product lines and get it out in the field. But that's a that could be a whole other talk. <laughs> there's always there's always room for more lessons learned for things like that, and I'm sure there's a, a number of companies that would uh, would benefit from your wisdom in those areas. Certainly. You know, I think when people come to see the presentation, the slides will help with the pictures. Um, Jessica's very creative with her pictures and her slides, so um, you know, and and the different pieces fitting in together are much clearer. Uh, you know, it's sort of hard when you're just listening without any slides, so. Hopefully everybody will want to come and, and look at her awesome slides and, and her demo. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Well, it sounds sounds great. I can't wait to attend. I'm, I'm sure that it's going to be a wonderful presentation. I look forward to the demo that you're going to be running. So uh, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast. 
Thanks. Thanks. See you in Scotland. <laughs> You've been listening to the official podcast of the 31st Annual First Conference. We look forward to seeing you at Edinburgh, June 16th through 21st.